Well, once again, thank you so much to everyone who has been assisting in our worship services. Um, for Sharon Cook, who was our liturgist this morning, uh, for Carter and Maddox Shockey, who were our musicians and our special music, uh, for Gary Brubaker, who has put together our musical selections, our praise team, which has been our uh, music leaders. Um, for those who've been assisting in our outdoor worship um, as greeters and as ushers, uh, I'm so grateful for all the ways um, for all the ways that you've part been participating. And again, if you're interested in doing anything, um, if you would like to share a special music or share a prayer or a testimony, if you'd like to be a greeter or an usher, um, if you'd like to be a liturgist, we would love to have you. Um, so let us know how best you would like to, what you would like to do, and we will get you connected um, and help to uh, to give you the tools that you need to do all of those things. So thank you so much. Now we are uh, closing out our series this morning on living the questions, which um, over this past month, we have been looking at questions that we've had to, for, or about God, or faith, or church, or religion. And of course, this isn't an exhaustive list. Um, there may be more questions that we have. Um, we may have more time than we have questions. Wait, more, yeah, more questions than time. Um, one of those things. But we wrestle with them. And even as we have looked at some of these questions, we may not have come to the same place. Um, perhaps as you've talked with people, um, you have a different answer or a different response or a different way of looking at things. And that's okay. Um, I think that for many of these, there's not necessarily one answer, uh, but many answers and those that we wrestle with. And I think the faithfulness is in wrestling with the questions and trying to figure out and listening for the ways that God speaks to us. So we have looked at how do I discern God's messages? How do we know who has it right about God? Does God discipline? And what's God's judgment? Um, uh, why do bad things happen? And this morning we close with what, when is the end of the world? So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When is the end of the world? That's our question for this morning. Um, and so looking at that question and specifically what scripture has to say about this question, um, when is the end of the world? So according to scripture, no one knows when the end of the world will be. Amen. And now we've come to the time in our service, which is our offering time, which, okay, so that was like the world's shortest sermon ever. Um, what's the answer? <laughs> so um, for all of these questions that we've had, I think that there's the question that we've had, but then there's like the question behind the question. Um, and so I've tried to think about what that question behind the question is. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes it just is that question. Um, and some of them have something else behind them, like, um, why do bad things happen? Is God really all-powerful? And is God God? Um, who has it right about God? Do I have it right? Do you have it right? Do we have it right? Or who's the most wrong? 
what's God's judgment or does God discipline? Does God really love me? What have I done wrong? And of course, our question for today, when is the end of the world? And I think one of the maybe questions or one of the feelings behind this question might be a question of fear or a feeling of fear, not knowing what's going to happen. Will the end of the world come quietly or will it come destructive? What comes next? And for some, there's a, a feeling of hope behind this question, maybe hoping for something better than here. When is the end of the world? If you think about your lifetime, um, about how many times have you heard about the end of the world? Um, when uh, maybe you've heard someone saying that it would be the end of the world or it was going to be the end of the world, how many times have you heard this? Uh, the first recorded time someone predicted the end of the world was 634 BC. So this is a question that we have wrestled with at least since then. Now, the Gospel of Mark in our Bible was written quickly because it was believed that Jesus would be returning soon. So that's why within the Gospel of Mark, you'll read a lot of immediately, or right away, or um, quickly that's in there. And even Paul, who is letter writer extraordinaire, believed, in, uh, believed that same thing, that Jesus would be returning back like tomorrow. And you'll see in some, you would see in some of his later letters that his understanding on that changed. Now, most recently, uh, the world was actually predicted to end on Thursday, um, August 27th. Are we still here? Just, I'm here. Are you just checking? There have been, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of times that the world has, the end of the world has been predicted. And sometimes it's been with really convincing authority or maybe some really convincing evidence and sometimes with just convincing passion. And so far, they've all been wrong. So when is the end of the world? Well, even in the scriptures, even in the gospel, Jesus said that he didn't know. So I guess that answers that, right? Well, what's going on? We've heard more than once that what's happening in the world, even today, is evidence of end times. We've heard about wars and rumors of wars, about violence and oppression. And even for the first time in a hundred years, we have a pandemic happening. There are certainly a lot of things that have caused us maybe to lose hope or to be afraid or to maybe think that this is the end. And while some of these situations may be new or different or maybe just unique to where we find ourselves today, they're, they're not all new. 
There has always been war and rumors of war. There's been violence. We've had pandemics in the past. Even though the situations may be unfolding differently, it's not new, unfortunately. And every time there was a prediction of the end of the world, there were people pointing to evidences and signs that made it convincing. And a lot of times it's pointed to the book of Revelation. And Revelation in the Bible is a book of apocalyptic literature, which means that it's literature or it's a book talking about the end times. And the book of Revelation, there are, uh, there are a lot of ways to read this letter. It's attributed to John of Patmos, who is, the same, uh, who is believed to be the same author of the Gospel of John, um, which as you read the Gospel of John, um, he's the one who names himself as Jesus's favorite disciple. Um, and it's believed that John wrote this letter uh, while he was in prison. And it was written to early Christian communities experiencing high amounts of persecution. The empire of Rome had, um, had really done well at perfecting the art of torture. Crucifixion was one of their torture methods, but truly it wasn't the most brutal or even the worst. And so, as people who were Christians and in Christian communities, there were high amounts of fear for their lives. One was killed because they were Christian, and it wasn't necessarily because of their beliefs or their faith, although that was part of it. But Christianity at the time, and still is, a very political religion. So some of the things that people would say as Christians were political statements. Jesus is Lord, which of course is what we believe, but that was also a political statement. Rome was really okay with a lot of religion, as long as you didn't interfere with their empire or the government. And when you did that, you became an enemy. And when you were an enemy of Rome, well, you were tortured and killed. And so there was a lot of fear. So Revelation was written. And you can read the book of Revelation, well, you can read it literally. And you can picture things like seven-headed beasts, of seals opening up, signs for a future happening. That's one way to interpret and to read the book of Revelation. And another way to read it would be to read it as a letter. And as a letter that was written to communities in crisis, full of secrets and codes, and maybe some codes that we can't understand or have lost context for today. There's numerology in there with ha that has numbers and letters that correspond to particular leaders at the time, so particular emperors or Caesars and leaders. So instead of reading it as a future document, reading it as a present document, a present-day letter. And the book of Revelation isn't a book that's supposed to incite fear. It's actually a letter of hopefulness. 
a letter encouraging people to remain faithful and not lose hope in the midst of extreme challenges. In the book of Revelation, this letter ends in a city, new heavens and a new earth. Well, the earth doesn't go anywhere. The earth doesn't leave. In fact, it's made new. It's recreated, the new heavens and the new earth. Heaven comes to earth, and God dwells in this new creation. We're not going anywhere. In the middle of the muck and the mire, God hasn't given up on this world. God is constantly working on making this world new. And there is hope in that. God has never given up. And God never will. When is the end of the world? I wish I knew. Or maybe I don't. I may not know the answer. And I don't know anyone who does. But in the middle of chaos and confusion, I'll hold on to the promise of God continuing to make things new and continuing to work in the act of redeeming creation. And I'll claim my part in helping making that creation a reality. In the waters of our baptism, we are called into new ministry with God as co-creators, building this, this new creation as a new creation ourselves. One of the most often repeated phrases of the Bible is some phrasing of, do not be afraid. And oftentimes this comes in a really frightening sort of experience. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't lose hope. When the world around you seems to be falling apart and it feels like it's the end of the world or the end of the world is near, do not be afraid. Don't lose hope. Know that God is continuing to make a new thing, a new creation. Don't lose hope. Because God won't give up. Amen.